0: Good morning, Four Oaks Church. Happy Friday. It is September 16th, ready for the weekend, and I hope you are ready for a little bit of Romans Rewind. So we have been tracking with Romans 12, 1 through 2. This is Paul's Christian manifesto, and we've just been unpacking different pieces of this and trying to understand what does it mean when Paul says to offer our bodies as living as a living sacrifice. What is a sacrifice? What what does it mean to to present ourselves? And if you have missed out on those, of course you won't don't want to go any any further, no longer delay in going back and listening to the previous episodes. But this morning we're going to finish this discussion on Romans 12, 1 and 2 and point our way towards the next passage and this weekend. And let, let me direct your attention to 12, 1 and 2 in Romans, and let's let's talk for a minute. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and Perfect. I want us this morning to camp out on verse two because it gets to the, the sort of the, the mechanism by which we discern God's good, acceptable, and perfect will. So we're presenting ourselves as a living sacrifice. The end result is that we were wanting to discern God's will, direction, pathway for our lives. What is the means that that happens? It's by the transformation, by the renewal. Of our minds. And here, I can't help but think that Paul has in mind something he previously wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 2. And so I know you have your Bibles because this is a Bible study. Look back at 2 Corinthians um, chapter 10, verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging a war. War according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments in every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of Christ, and take every thought captive to obey Christ. A lot of times we think about the Bible as sort of God's version of Aesop's fables or Poor Richard's Almanac or Mother Goose rhymes. In other words, nice little tidbits and nuggets of application of moralisms to sort of uh, that are targeted towards very, very specific decision points in our life. And of course, on one hand, that's true. But the Bible is much, much broader than that. The Bible is actually a whole system of thought, the Bible is a worldview. And the Bible articulates a worldview, a God-centered worldview. And when we go back to that passage in Romans 12, where it talks about the renewing of our minds, one of the things we, we said in, our, in the sermon last Sunday was that this transformation, this renewal of mind comes, comes primarily through the meditation and focus and ingestion of the word of God. In other words, if we want to know the mind of Christ, if we, if we want to know the mind of God, he's revealed that to us in his word. And we spent a good bit of time kind of talking about that. But I want to sort of tag on to the end of that discussion by, by reminding us what this is and isn't. Okay, again, once again, a lot of times we think about the Bible as, well, we feel angry. Let's go to a verse about anger. We feel anxious, let's go to a verse about anxiety. If we feel fearful, let's go to a verse about fearful. And and no question, of course, we do that. But again, we are called to so much more. We have so many more resources available to us than simply specific verses that are oftentimes taken out of context. Because what the Bible provides us is nothing less than a new way to view the world, a new way to view life, a new way to to sort of have a gaze over everything that is happening in the world and in our lives. And that's important because when we say it offers a new way, what we're really saying is it offers the true way. Because we are all born into sin with this idea that the world evolves around us, that our needs are most important, that our autonomy is the highest value. And the, and the Bible is sort of this manifesto that reminds us that everything begins and ends with God. And we have to, in order to be truly Christianly, if I can use that word, in our thinking, then we have to, to, to understand how the God-centeredness of God sort of wraps itself around every area of our life. I remember... When I was in seminary, my first year in seminary, when this, when I first came to this realization, which might be a scary thought, <laughs> it had to come in seminary. But as to really what this meant, okay, and we were reading a book um, called "Lectures on Calvinism" by Abraham Kuyper, and here, and when I use the word Calvinism, I'm I'm talking about a particular system of thought, which I think most faithfully articulates the whole scope of scripture, but we could also call it lectures on biblical theology. But nonetheless, um, Abraham Kuyper was lecturing to a group of students and talking about how this idea of the God-centered worldview, which is really in essence what Calvinism is, the God-centered worldview, how this has implications for every area of life, for personal Decisions, absolutely. But for the world, for politics, for countries, families, churches, nations, the workplace. In other words, the word of God provides the scope of a worldview that applies to everything that we are and everything that we have and everything that we are aspiring to. So the word of God provides much more than just simply a little um, application point to do this, don't do that, the Bible actually upends our whole world and lets us know that God is the one that defines reality, and we want to be able to view all of life from God's perspective, which he has revealed to us through his word. It's a gaze. Again, it's much more than simply applying biblical truths to real-life situations, although it is that. But it's an orientation where just by virtue of the air we breathe, we learn to order everything around our knowledge of God and what he says about us and the world, and most importantly, of course, himself. And so this book helped me to do that. So I I, I highly recommend this to you. I think this is sort of what Paul means when he talks about taking every thought captive to obey Christ. have we ever thought about what it means to think biblically? And of course, to think biblically means that we have a command of the Scriptures, that we are so familiar with the Word of God that it sort of oozes out of us, that it um, that that it 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 permeates all of our thoughts and actions and feelings. So there's lectures on Calvinism book that I recommend to you, which I think. Helps us be, to begin to think this way, a, a more user-friendly version, um, and this was written for college students. But I I find that it it was it's just outstanding for whoever engaging God's world, a Christian vision of faith, learning, and living. And this is by Cornelia Plantiga, and this is just an outstanding little work because again, it helps us to begin to think about the idea that God doesn't divide our life into slices, okay? And let us pick and choose which ones we want a little spiritual wisdom for or help. God says, it all belongs to me. And getting a grasp of the command of the totality of the vision of the word of God is I think what Paul is talking about when he says, take every thought captive. And then in Romans 12, be, be, be renewing your minds, right? Um, be, this is your spiritual act of worship, and it is only by having your mind renewed and transformed that we will truly understand in every area what, is, what it means to live a life of worship that pleases the Lord. Now, that concept is going to be particularly crucial when we come to this week's text um, on Sunday mornings. We're going to talk this week in Romans 12, um, 3 through 8, about service. And there is that is one of the most crucial areas to consider for how God's Word and the God-centeredness of God impacts and makes a claim on who we are. Oftentimes, we think about ourselves as autonomous beings. We think about our gifts and abilities and resources as those things which we have been given, um, which sort of further what we want to do, uh, what, will, um, what we want to pursue, right, in terms of what we think is best and right for us and for our lives. And what we're going to see in Romans 12, 3 through 8, as we, ha- as, as we take Romans 12, 1 and 2 and apply it, okay, to who we are and our gifts and our resources and everything that we are, we come to understand something fundamentally different, and that's we don't belong to ourselves; that everything we have has been given to us, and what God asks us to do is to faithfully use, <clears throat> use and steward those things for his glory and for the building up of the body of Christ, but that will await this Sunday. All right, thanks for joining us. We'll be back here first thing Monday morning, and I'm doing the the math in my head. That's the 19th, right? I think that's Monday, September 19th. We'll be back here. Hope to see you then. Lord, let us have the mind of Christ. Let us have minds that are being transformed by the renewal of our souls in your word and have your way with us. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Thanks everybody. Have a great weekend.